0: Hi everybody, I'm Jerry Wicker, the host of the Savvy Beach Bumps podcast, which is a personal development podcast focused on exploring the day-to-day behaviors we all engage in that determine the results we gain in our lives. It's where I share simple strategies you can use to help you live the beach bum life, which is a life of freedom like a beach bum without being broke. You can always check out all the latest with the Savvy Beach Bums podcast on our blog, which is SavvyBeachBums.wordpress.com. You can email us at SavvyBeachBums at Outlook.com. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Savvy Beach Bums podcast. And as always, Beach Bums and Mermaids live free peace right now though let's get back to more of the jesus and a cup of joe podcast with my good friend royce Bottoms. hello and welcome to the jesus and a cup of joe podcast the show that brings you a conversation about jesus the bible and life here is your host royce bottoms Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a cup of joe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me. I hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You got your great cup of joe and you're ready to go. So what does Philippians 4.13 mean? I can do all things through Christ. You know, in time of trouble and in time of doubt, Christians, we've often turned to Philippians 4.13 for the perspective of hope, strength, and for good reason. The Apostle Paul wrote from prison, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Apostle Paul had no design to urge the Philippians to give more, but to encourage such kindness as we meet glorious reward. Therefore, through Christ, we have grace to do what is good. And through him, we must expect the reward as we have all things by him. So let us do all things for him and to his glory. So why does Philippians 4.13 mean so much to us? Well, in 60 A.D., Paul was in prison in Rome, and for the next two years, he spent under house arrest, encouraging local churches via letters that he wrote from prison. His letters to the Philippians was just one of the four epistles that was written during this time. Similar to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, his letter to the Philippians did not address any major behavioral concerns, but it did, however, attempt to encourage the Philippian church, which was facing opposition. From outside, as well as a fair amount of strife and division from within. This is why Paul writes often about the need to find joy, peace, and, and uh, contentment in the present circumstances. As someone who's living under house arrest at this time, this was a perfect situation for him to address these topics from both through an authority and through grace. All right, we know through the book of Acts that Paul visited the church of Philippi during his second missionary journey, even again in his third missionary journey and throughout the regions. Even after he departed, Paul continued a warm relationship with the Philippians, who were um, diligent with providing uh, financial support to the apostles during his ministry. In fact, upon learning that Paul was imprisoned in Rome, the church of Philippi sent someone to Rome with a financial aid for Paul, all right? And this was something that the Philippi was doing for Paul because of their relationship. This is why it's important to understand the context and the understanding of Philippians 4.13, all right? In the fourth chapter of Philippians, Paul shows his appreciation to the Philippians by writing, Moreover, as you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, When I set out to Macedonia, not one church shared with me the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonia, you sent me aid more than once, when I was in need. This was a church that had gone out of its way to take care of Paul, and he wanted to thank them for their continued support. So, when we look at this, we're seeing the understanding of Philippians 4.13. And we know from today's times that um, it is quoted um, a great daily in the Bible. Everyone can quote Philippians four thirteen about having strength and getting through this the uh, the situation. But see, getting back to this, we're looking at one who shares such a living relationship with the Philippian church. Paul also wanted to provide an update of his present condition and let his friends know that he was well cared for and was doing all right. He writes, I have received full payment and I have more than enough. I am amply supplied and now I have received uh, the gifts you sent. There are fragment offerings and acceptable sacrifice and pleasing to God. But while the financial support was support nevertheless appreciated, Paul also uses his time in prison to remind his fellow believers that financial well-being is one physical condition that's not indicated as a spiritual health of well-being. He writes, For I have learned to be content wherever my circumstances. I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether I'm uh, well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. So finding contentment in difficult circumstances is difficult even with the most um, strong-hearted believers. When times are tough and things aren't going as planned, this is the fertile ground for frustration, despair, and discouragement to take root. And so let's look at this for a second. Paul understands what it means to be content. All right. And something that I've learned over the past couple of years is learning to find my contentment. We all want more and we want to do better and we want not just physical things, but maybe spiritual things. Okay. We know we want better jobs. We know we want a better income and a better house and a better car and all of this. But those are material things. Those are things that could only take care of us for a short period of time. Okay. but we also have to find contentment with the Lord because there's times where we are um, out of sort in a sense because we don't understand what's going on. We may be praying for something and just because God hasn't answered it right away, we start having um, tough times and in, in situations in our life. It's like if you're in a bad situation, maybe um, a financial burden and you've been praying, but the answer just hasn't come yet. Now you're starting to become despaired because now you have frustrations and discouragement that's going to take root. Now remember, God is not the author of confusion. That is that's Satan. And he will do whatever he can to cause us to be confused and to cause us to to stumble, all right, on um believing, I believing and, and relying on the Lord, I should say. Okay. So, if we look at what uh, Matthew Henry writes, he says, We need Christ's strength to teach us to be content in every condition. Paul understood this better than most. His previous letters to the Corinthians, he wrote, Therefore, I will boast and all gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power can rest in me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I'm delighted in weakness in result of hardships and in persecutions and difficulties. When I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. All right. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, we need to understand that um, now more than ever, we have to not boast about everything that's going on in our lives. Because here's the deal. I believe now more than ever, we need to show what the contentment of the Lord means in our life and let it shine out in front of this world. you got to understand, there are people that are hungry that cannot find spiritual fulfillment because they're chasing the things of the world. They have not yet received Christ so they don't understand the joy and the contentment that we have in our life. So that's one thing that we need to do is be able to express this no matter what our situation is. Okay, I understand. There are times where the situation looks so uh, dim and bleak that there's no light at the end of the tunnel, okay? But as a child of God, he's not going to leave us there in trouble and in peril, right? We have the Holy Spirit with us that's going to strengthen us. It's going to encourage us. And we have the Lord that's walking with us. So looking back at Philippians 4.13, Paul follows his direction on contentment. (laughs) In his now famous words, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In fact, when you look at the translation as it's written, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And this is what this is that Paul is referring to. All right, it's a specific ability to be content whenever the circumstances arise, which Paul urges can only come from where Christ gives him the strength. All right? Christians are not wrong to use Philippians four thirteen as a banner of God's strength and power to work in their lives. It's true, the strength of Jesus Christ has the power to heal the sick, free the oppressed, and move mountains, even break chains and defeat death. Christ's miracles were once displayed through his ministry as God's power was evident in every foundation of the earth. And they have certainly been at work in the evidence of life through the ministry as Paul through the ministry of Paul as well. Okay? So, in specific incident, uh, circumstances, however, Paul looked at a spiritual provision of Jesus through the strength of hope, joy, and peace, and and contentment. Even in his darkest situation, this is why Paul talks about the power of transforming the hearts and freeing the minds of the oppressed by the uh, discouragement of the uh, present circumstances. See, Paul was even... Uh, writing this, like I said, through prison. All right, and that's the most bleak time if you ever think about it. Because think about how many times Paul was arrested during his ministry. Think about how many times Paul was was placed in chains and was trying to be silenced. But Paul kept fighting on. All right, in the time of his own circumstances, Paul was limited. All right, but he turned to Christ for the strength and the and the containment to have his joy in the same power that could deliver him from prison is the same power that transformed him and his heart to become more like Christ's heart. All right? In Christ, there is true strength. In him, there is joy, hope, and peace to surpass all understanding and situations. Philippians 4, 7. When Paul himself had expressed firsthand and later professed into the letters of Philippian on what he was writing. If there's anything that we can understand as a great secret, it's this, that... God can do all things through us, only if we, in my opinion, will get out of our own way, right? So when we look at the Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what can we do? How can we um, take what we have learned from Philippians 4.13 with us every day to give us that strength? 2 Timothy 1-7, through for God's grace is... Uh, gives us spirit, not fear, but power to love and self control. First Peter 5 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. First John 4 4, little children, you are from God and having overcome them, for he wants in you greater than he who is in the world. So for he that's, uh, who's in you is greater than he is in the world. And just using these verses and and looking at these verses, like I said, we already discussed Philippians. But when you look at uh, 2 Timothy, all right, God's given us the spirit not to fear, but have the power and the love and self-control. How many times do you think in the Bible where, where we're being told, do not fear, do not be afraid? And see, even though we're in a bad circumstances in today's world and, and everything looks bleak and dim and, and and the world's closing in on us, we don't need to be afraid. Because if we're truly walking with the Lord and we truly understand and know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have that hedge of protection. Yes, there will be trials and tribulations. Yes, we're going to go through things. But here is the, the promise. And the promise is that that God is never going to leave us or forsake us. He never will. In 2 Timothy, just to have the the spirit not to fear, but, have, but of power and love and self-control is something that should just reignite in us, especially in today's world. Um, same with four, uh, Philippians 4.19. My God will supply the needs of yours according to his riches and the glory in Jesus Christ. Even Mark 9 says, Jesus said to them, If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. All right. Philippians 4 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, but, but I've learned situ- whatever situation I will be content. In Psalms 27 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? For the Lord is the stronghold of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27.1, in my opinion, also just encapsulates this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? We don't need to be afraid. All right, we don't. We don't need to fear and we don't need to be afraid because the Lord's with us. What we have to do is be cautious and careful in our walkings. We see it every day. We can look around and see everything that's going on in the world today. We can see the complacency. We can see the the people becoming content and enjoying the things of this world. But remember, we're not of this world. We're only passing through. We are citizens in heaven. Okay, We are God's people. We are God's children. He loves us. How much has he loved it? He loves us so much he sent his only son to the cross for us. And so that's what we need to have in, in our mind at all times and in our heart. We need to get away from the things of this world and we need to focus on the word of God and what is written, okay? Because there will come a time that all things will stop and and, and cease from existing and there'll be um, a great harvest in a sense, all right, and then we're all going to have to answer for what we've done in our life, and so one thing I, like I said, I had to learn how to do is I had to learn how to be content, how to be content in every situation. Even my wife has tried to teach me, you need to be content in every situation, because there used to be times in my life where I was like, "Well, I'm doing this job, but I think I deserve more money, I need more money, I need to go and do this, I need to go do that, and I wasn't content. I wasn't content enough so I kept moving around and what it was doing was it was causing more stress. So yes, I could finally get to more money, but it was stressful getting there and then it didn't sit right. One of the things that I've shared once before and I'll share it again is I believe that the Lord moves me uh anywhere in my workplace. For for example, the the last place I worked, I was there for about 3 years. And I felt like when there was time and the Lord says, hey, it's time to move. I moved to my current job. And before that, I was at another place. And before that, I was at another place. And before that, I was at the fire service. But I believe each and every time, with the exception of the fire service, I believe each and every time the Lord was was talking to me and says, okay, I need you here for a season. How long's a season? I don't know. Because... Um, A day could be a thousand years and a thousand years could be a day to the Lord. We don't know. All right. So just because I'm sitting somewhere for three years, um, there's a reason I'm there. And whenever I uh, fulfill that situation, it's time to move. It's kind of like the old TV show, Quantum Leap. All right. When when Sam gets to a a spot that he leaps into, there's a reason he's there. He may have to fix a problem. I'm not saying I'm here to fix a problem, but he's here to fix a problem. And once it's fixed, he leaps and he goes somewhere else. I believe that's what the Lord does with us. Because think about it, I believe the Lord puts us in every place for a reason. All right. Sometimes it's to minister um, to the lost. Sometimes it's to help ones that are in need. Maybe it's just being there. To have the tentative ear. But but in, no matter what the circumstances are, what I do believe is we should always sow the seed. Because I believe that's one of our jobs is to be the sower of the seed. All right? We're not there to harvest. We're not there to cultivate. We're there to sow the seed. God will cultivate the heart. He will get the heart ready to receive it. And if they reject the word, there's nothing we can do. All right? So that's philippians 4:13 um hopefully you have a a better understanding on what it means because i'm telling you it's it's kind of neat when i was researching this to really dig into this because um you know our sunday school um i think it was in toward the end of last year uh, we were working on the book of acts or it could have been the beginning of this year but uh going through acts was was interesting to me because i got to see Uh, A little bit more about Acts than what I first thought I knew. And so that's one thing. It's nice about Sunday school. And if you are with a church and you haven't joined a Sunday school, try to join a Sunday school or a group or a uh, small group, whatever you want to call it, that really gets in and studies the Bible because that is one of the best ways to grow. We can read the Bible on our own, but getting together and talking about it and, and listening to people who may be, Uh, a little bit more educated than you are, that has a different perspective, helps really open up the Bible and allows us to learn more. I know it has for me. So, um, But anyway, I want to get ready to wrap this episode up. And I want to thank all of you for for tuning in and listening. And I want to encourage all of you to go to our website, com. You'll find all the podcasts there. Subscribe, follow, and share. Subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and share us with your friends and family. Now, one of the things you'll also see on the Facebook pages is where I am trying to raise donations um, for the simple fact I've been given an opportunity to take this podcast to the airwaves. And to be honest with you, it's it's not cheap. All right. It's cheap, but it's not cheap. Um, it, it will cost $95 a week to run on Sundays but it will be in the North Georgia area, basically from the Tennessee state line all the way down to Fulton County. It's a pretty good footprint for a uh, radio station. And so I'm trying to see if I can raise any funds to help get support to move this to the airwaves because I believe not only through the podcast, but through the local airwaves, we can reach more people because that's our job is to go out and, and tell the world about Jesus. So that's what I want to do. So if you feel encouraged to give, please do um and if not, just pray for us that's all I can I can ask okay so as I get ready to get out of here it's real simple you just always remember you start your day with Jesus and a cup of Joe God bless. Hey, this is Royce from Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Are you in the market trying to find a great gift? I'm not sure what to do? Why don't you check out my friends at Artisans Woodwork Seventy Three? They are your one-stop shop for all of your wood needs. They do handmade cutting boards, cheese boards, stovetop covers—you name it, he can make it. So, why don't you check them out? ArtisansWoodwork73.com, and if you use the promo code hashtag Jesus and a Cup of Joe, you can get up to ten percent off your order.